Hello and welcome to day nine of the Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel mini-series with me, Louisa Evans. So in yesterday's episode, we touched on the autonomic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So in day nine, we're going to look into more ways to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest that your mind, body and soul will be crying out for. And it's often, as I've said, why people tend to reach for alcohol, because it's a really quick fix to feel relaxed. Whereas we need to learn other ways to stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system. All of the content here is pulling from my own knowledge as a therapist, specializing in habit change and hypnosis, and also as someone who's gone sober myself. There's no one way to go sober. There's no right way to go sober. So as always, take what works for you and ignore what doesn't. In yesterday's episode, I talked about the autonomic nervous system and anxiety. And this is all about using the body's natural systems in the right way to naturally get those highs and to feel like we're able to cope in the moment should stress occur. Because as I touched on yesterday with time and practice, you can actually improve how this system works to reduce your stress and to make you feel more relaxed. So let's look at stress. We talked about anxiety in this system, but let's look at the parasympathetic nervous system and the role it plays in your stress response. So right now, there are many things causing people stress that could be neurological or psychological in nature. And they're making the body feel like it's in fight or flight. Some of these things could be at work, standing up in front of a room for a presentation or being late for a meeting or missing a Zoom call or receiving that email that you just don't want to receive. All of that creates a feeling of chaos in your sympathetic nervous system, causing your body to feel like it's in danger, even though it isn't. And that high level of stress keeps your heart rate elevated and does other things like dilate your pupils, raise your blood pressure and keeps everything in your body on high alert. For a regular drinker, when they feel this level of stress, they tend to think that alcohol will help them, which we know it doesn't. So how are you going to calm down more naturally when you're feeling like this in a stressed state? This is where the parasympathetic nervous system does something called down-regulating. It mainly functions using a nerve called the vagus nerve, which sends impulses from the brain to the body, but also back from the body to the brain. So in essence, your parasympathetic nervous system tells your brain what's happening instead of your brain telling your body what to do. And we want this system to function well, because it reduces your risk of cardiac heart disease and stroke. It increases your digestive metabolism, so it's better for your gut and improves symptoms of IBS. And it can even decrease migraines. It can give you better emotional and overall physical health. And who knows, possibly even a longer lifespan. So let's look at improving how that parasympathetic nervous system functions. Aside from breathing, which we talked about yesterday, and using an intentional slow breath to engage that system, there are other ways that this system can be stimulated. And those include mild exercise, meditation, yoga, walks in nature, deep breathing, as we mentioned yesterday, 
and hypnosis. And for some people, understanding that you can use your breath in the moment is one thing, but traditional meditation really isn't their thing. They feel they can't empty their mind or they just don't have the time or don't see the importance of it. So it's really about finding your own way of meditating and what helps you to decompress. You don't have to sit there in a room in silence and try and empty your mind. Maybe you could do meditation through movement by mowing the lawn. Or maybe you need a bath or a massage. Or maybe you like reading, you could read a book. Playing music can be a good way of relaxing and tuning in to shut off most of your other senses. But whatever it is, it shouldn't involve anything that stresses you out. So if you're going to sit there stressing that you can't relax, then it won't work for you. Do you know, even a five minute comedy video that you watch on YouTube that gives you a deep belly laugh, whatever makes you feel positive energy reinforces the parasympathetic nervous system. And hopefully then that's in a calming environment that can help your body decompress and relax. So let's just touch on exercise first. Exercise increases endorphins, the happy hormones, those happy hormones that signal to your body that you're not in physical danger. And when you're exercising, the sympathetic nervous system is working and helping to elevate your heart rate, but the parasympathetic nervous system is regulating how high your heart rate goes. If you exercise at a high intensity, you don't want your heart rate jumping uncontrollably. And all that is maintained by the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's really important to make sure you're warming up and cooling down so that your body is getting prepared for what's next. Mild exercise or meditation can really help every day to engage that rest and digest. And starting small really does help. You don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Even five or 10 minutes a day can make a really big difference. So the important thing is to do something that brings your sensory and neurological input to a minimum. Try and do something that's going to focus your mind on one thing. And then incorporate that throughout the day in small increments if you can. And if it ends up being a choice between exercising or relaxation, just gauge what you feel would benefit your body more in that moment. And that leads us to hypnosis and hypnotherapy because that's something else that's engaging that rest and digest. And hypnotherapy is great on two levels. It has a two-pronged effect and benefit, especially in sobriety as well. Firstly, it's like a guided meditation where you follow the direction of the recording or of the hypnotherapist if you're there in person. So it's actually giving you something to focus on if you struggle with more traditional meditation that just wants you to sit with your thoughts. But it's also in this deeply relaxed state of hypnosis, you're then more open to suggestion and positive reinforcement. So that's the second benefit. In that state, you can then reinforce all of the positive things you would like to achieve or feel. And the science behind hypnotherapy is fascinating. I'm bound to say that as a hypnotherapist. But the more you understand it, the more effective it's going to be if that's something you're going to have in your sober toolbox. So I thought I'd give you a little bit more information on hypnosis. 
Hypnosis is a special way of using various naturally occurring psychological and physiological states. And it really is a collaborative process in which you allow yourself to follow the guidance of the therapist. And you're using your imagination to evoke positive emotions and to rehearse positive behaviour change. Everyone can, in theory, be hypnotised. It's been shown to help you relax, think positively and imagine the things being suggested. But it's not a trance. It's simply an increased ability to respond to positive suggestions. And it's usually accompanied by your relaxed attention on the ideas being suggested. It's definitely not a state of sleep or unconsciousness. So about 90% of people report being completely aware of everything that happens. And whilst relaxation helps, if you're struggling on that side, it's not essential to hypnosis, believe it or not. And one of the common myths, it is not a state of mind control. You can't be made to do anything against your will. On the contrary, you must want to accept the suggested ideas and actively imagine responding to experience their effects. And that's where comedy or stage hypnosis has little to do with clinical hypnotherapy. It's been shown to foster misconceptions, which can prevent people from benefiting from treatment. So take what you see on television, on stage or in the media with a generous pinch of salt. At its simplest level, hypnotic suggestion is just a means of experiencing certain helpful ideas at a level profound enough to directly influence our emotions and our behaviour. How great is that? So in the same way that psychological and emotional problems can be seen as the result of negative thinking, what we're looking to do in hypnotherapy is aim to suggest positive ideas which can lead to improvement. And it can help with anxiety, pain management, sleep disorders. It can help you with weight loss, motivation to exercise. It can help with habit breaking or with fears and phobias about public speaking or driving. Whatever it is that you're telling yourself negatively can effectively be undone in hypnosis. And what I personally love about hypnotherapy and why I love to do it is that it's scientific. There have been thousands of positive experimental and clinical research studies and it's actually recognised and has been recognised as an effective treatment by the British Medical Association and the American Medical Association in the 1950s. So that's over 70 years ago. It's essentially a simple down-to-earth and common-sense therapy and this isn't a sales pitch, but if hypnosis is something that you'd like to use in your sober toolbox or in any other area in your life, I do encourage you to give it a try. And you can listen to lots of free recordings on YouTube. You can go to a hypnotherapist in person. And obviously, I have hypnotherapy recordings that you could purchase from my website, which you'll find the link in the show notes. For Sober Rebel listeners, I have created a code Sober Rebel, all one word, where you can buy one, get one free on all the hypnosis recordings. I've got one specifically for sobriety on there. And I've also got other recordings on other topics that you can team with that one. Everything from confidence building, tapping into creativity or helping with anxiety or trouble sleeping. If you're unsure, just drop me a message and I'll point you in the right direction. 
So basically, all of these things, exercise, meditation, breathing, there is a reason that we're told to do them and there's a reason that they feel good. So when you combine all of this knowledge, when you're looking to positively influence your thoughts and then also to calm and still your system in a natural way, you really are building up a great stress-relieving toolbox for any situation because life is still going to throw things at you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you'd like to find out more about any of the things discussed, please do send me a message and I will see you tomorrow when it's day 10, double figures, and we're going to talk about the first changes and when those sober changes and the sober glow and all of those positive benefits start to happen. I've asked the sober community for their feedback on what they noticed and when, because I'm sure you're starting already to notice some things yourself. All of these episodes are designed to support grey area drinkers. If you suspect you are alcohol dependent or you're struggling in these first 30 days, please do seek medical support from a professional. And as with anything, take from these episodes what works for you and ignore what doesn't. This isn't a one size fits all in sobriety. Everybody's different. Everybody's methods are different. But as I always say, the enemy is the same and we're all walking away from the same thing. If you'd like to hear more of my story or to follow me, you can on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety. You can get my audiobook on Audible where I share my experiences of early sobriety alongside hints and tips from my therapy work. So have a great day and I'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you.